Welcome to FRPC Football Mondays. It is your host, Vince. Sadly, Nico Miatello can't be here today. Uh, there were some scheduling snafus that we are trying to get out of the way, and we will. So he'll be back on the show Friday. And then going forward, we will get this schedule thing figured out. What I want to start with today is the fantastic news that Damar Hamlin is going back to Buffalo to continue his treatment for uh, his cardiac arrest that he had on the field last Monday. If you caught that scene and uh, saw some of the faces of the players that were on the field that night, it was truly scary. Um, I've never experienced anything like that. But we do have some good news that he is neuro- neurologically he's he's uh, pretty connected um, and he's well enough to travel. So these are all good signs and, and we FRPC uh, which is Front Runner Pod Collective. We're sending our, our thoughts and prayers to the uh, to the Hamlin family, to Damar himself. Um, prayer is powerful, and we want to continue to send those to him, as well as every player in the National Football League who suited up this weekend and played. And that gets me to what I want to talk about. And I don't want to be a downer. We will talk about some of the firings and and what have you. But I I wanted to get to one thing with this DeMar Hamlin situation. We love football. We love the pageantry of it. We love the just what's at stake. There's only... 17 games, you know, if you're locked into a, a, a particular team, you're, you know, if you have fantasy or all that, and none of this is important now, but you know why you love football. It's a great connector. People love to talk about it. It's a great conversation starter on a Monday. Hey, did you see the game? Did you see that play? Did you see uh, Justin Jefferson make that catch? Did you see Aaron Donald chase down, you know, that quarterback? Wow, I can't believe what Derrick Henry did last week. These are the vibes. These are the things that we love talking about when we are talking about ball. You know, breaking down the X's and O's, contracts, who's playing well, who's not playing well. What could this all mean in the future and these are the things that we want to talk about but I would think it would be remiss to not take this time to talk about the players and the the risk that they are putting out there every single week laying their bodies on the line and not talk about maybe a way that we could support them as a whole. 
And the reason why I started with our love for football is because of the fact that that's what it is. When football is gone, I can tell you, like that won't that first week after the Super Bowl, it's like, oh man, football's gone. You know, let's try to fill it quickly with basketball and other and other things and 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 keep it going. You know, with my job, it's real easy. There's other things to kind of keep me occupied, plus the front office stuff. And, you know, we're we're rolling right into the draft and we're rolling right into these things. But for a lot of fans, this is it. Super Bowl comes, it's over. And now, you know, we have six months without football, right? But I want you to understand that feeling that you have. And I want you to understand what these guys have to go through. And I'm going to give some kudos to some of the reporting that we saw and heard. I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this podcast listen to other podcasts. Um, Some of those podcasts will be mentioned here today because there were some thoughts that were expressed on it that I think are very important and I wanted to highlight them. Um, First and foremost, I wanted to give the studio show NFL Live ESPN their their flowers for handling um, the broadcast I also want to give flowers to Scott Van Pelt and his handling of the broadcast and Scott said something very poignant showing humanity shouldn't be hard that should be the, the very least I could do And that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to give this its reverence and um, allow people to speak on their emotions. And he did that. The other thing that I want to bring up is um, there was a quote by Ryan Clark. And I want to read it because I do not want to get it wrong. Um, There was a point in the broadcast where... All of this is going on. No one knows, you know, the um, the severity of the situation. I mean, they know the severity, but they, you know, we have no idea what the outcome is. An ESPN analyst and former NFL player Ryan Clark is sitting there and, and doing the coverage with Scott Van Pelt. And in one of the part of the conversations with SVP. He says something incredible during a testimony. And he says, other than my other than my family, it's the only time. Actually, sorry about that. It's the only thing I ever loved the first time he ever touched it. Alright? He has a genuine love for the sport. And that was really conveyed um, last Monday. And um, I guess the whole point of what I'm trying to get to here, and excuse me if I'm not being as eloquent as I want to be, but the way we can support the players is something that Dominique 
Foxworth said on uh, the Ryan Rosillo podcast. In 2020, when there was a labor negotiation going on, when the players were locked out, which means that the owners had shut the game down, not the players. Um, When the players were negotiating for better protections of the players, um, by a majority of the people thought that the players looked greedy and denying denying the fans the game that they enjoy. This is something that Dominique Foxworth said um, on the Ryan Wasilla podcast. Now, here's the thing. I gave you the statement of what Ryan Clark said. Let me tell you what Dominique Foxworth said. He said it in a bunch of interviews that he gave over the past week, but... I thought it was really telling that he said, this is one of those situations where you can never prepare for it. And once it happens, you're looking for a solution that can never come. So all we're doing is trying to get as much advancement as we can until the next news story circulates. And I have to agree with him on that. This is the reason why we're having this before we talk about coaches fired and which running back is going to play in the playoff games and and all of that. So it's a long-winded way to say that as much as we love football, they love football too. And the other thing is, is that it didn't seem to be a choice for them. A lot of them. And maybe you know some guys that came from the inner city and maybe had a rough upbringing and football was a way out. You know, they were really talented. You know, just athletic freaks of nature. And you know, this is a way for them to maximize their talents to maybe bring themselves to a to a better, you know, base of life, right? How many stories have we heard about, you know, some of these NFL players that where, you know, they lived in a two-bedroom apartment and they shared a bed with a brother or whatever the case may be. There's so many of those. And I get it. There's so many of those out in the world. There's so many of those who are going on now. But we use football as entertainment. And those special interest stories get you teared up every once in a while when, uh, what is it, uh, when, uh, who does it on ESPN? I don't know who does it on ESPN, but they'll send the players on NFL Network to go talk to a player and they'll talk about their humble, humble beginnings. And this is all they've known. This is all they wanted to know. They love football, just like we love football. And I just think when the next time there's a labor negotiation and they're talking about lifetime health care, because here's the thing. I read the collective bargaining agreement in the last couple days. 
one, the average lifespan of a player in the NFL is 2.6 years. You're not vested in the NFL until you get through three years. So keep that in mind when you're cheering on Sunday. The average age of a retired NFL player is 27.6 years of age. It's the lowest out of any major sport. I just want you to think about where you are in your life right now. Whether you're around that 27 year age marker now, whether you way like myself, way past it. I can think back to where I was when I was 27. Uh, Granted, I was a little more lost due to my alcoholism. Thank God saved me. So, so happy about that. But could you imagine you've been doing something since you were like six years old? And then at 27, which is so young. And it's all taken away from you because of injury, because maybe you're running a four, five, five. And now you're running a four, six and it's all gone. It's all gone. Did you get vested? Are you eligible for the benefits that you can receive? By the way, here's one of the the benefits of someone who is vested. All right. So they have five years of medical insurance. Five years of medical insurance. I I can't even imagine. So these kids, you know, ACL sprains, MCLs, they're running into other people as fast as they possibly can. And you're telling me they get five years of, of medical insurance. You know, there's pensions involved. You know, the longer you go, the more you're vested, the more, you know, the more money you receive. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody is familiar with a, a retirement plan, right? So you have those those things in there. Keep in mind, NFL contracts are not guaranteed. Now, we did get some breaking news yesterday that the Buffalo Bills were going to guarantee DeMar Hamlin's contract, which is fantastic. I'm, I'm very humbled to see the, the, the passionate outcry for this young man from everybody, and this is the one reason why I wanted to have this conversation before we moved on to football, is because this is the last time we'll probably be able to have this conversation. I think that NFL players should have lifetime insurance. There, I said it. I think that there should be enough money from the TV revenues, the stadium revenues, the jersey sales, the ad, you know, you know, your your corporate sponsors, whatever it is, that there should be some money set aside in escrow for these players to have long-term, at least long-term medical, you know, 
where we can we can go ahead and steward them into their retirement that they can do these these cog these cognitive tests you know and and you know what was it like when they first got out what was it like year five what was it like year 10 and maybe you hold on to them for 20 years you know if we can't do lifetime can we at least do 20 years you know where it gets them to closer to retirement you know regular retirement age Keep in mind, again, I'm talking about the average NFL player's mortality is 27.6. Long-term insurance doesn't seem like a, a huge ask. The other thing that I want to kind of discuss is maybe um, not the salary cap or, or whatever the case may be. It might be the time to look at some of the um, contracts and what the what the owners can do to protect themselves, but also be fair to the player. I think that is something that we should all hope for in the next collective bargaining agreement and before we say hey can you give us football back let's think back to how we felt when we saw DeMar Hamlin land on that field let's not be quick to go why are millionaires fighting with billionaires about two percentage points or whatever the case may be It's just something to think about. And uh, we'll go and we'll now lean into more regular football talk as we proceed. So, again, thank you for allowing me to go on that. And, uh, again, great news about DeMar Hamlin. Great news that he is heading back to Buffalo. He's probably there now. And... We can now move on to week 18 and what we saw. <sighs> okay, first and foremost, we got uh, we got a couple firings, right? We Cliff is gone. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, he's gone. Lovey Smith in Houston is gone. Saturday is gone in Indianapolis so far. We know that Denver's coach, Nate Hackett, was let go. Haven't gotten anything on uh, Carolina as of yet. We don't know what's going on in Washington as of yet. And I'm sure... There are a couple surprises out there. And yes, the McVay rumors are true. I would be shocked if he came back to the Rams, honestly. Uh, The tenor around that team, the tenor around um, him, there's just a lot going on. I don't know if you're aware, but his wife, who he just married, is Ukrainian. So... There's some real life factors going on there. And this 
This season took a toll on Sean McVay. So I don't expect him to be the Rams coach for very much longer. Now, I could be wrong, but I do not see him being there for very much longer. So with everybody who has been fired and who has been let go, okay, now what? Right? Now what? Well, obviously, what's the what's the what's the new thing? Ben Johnson in Detroit, right? He's probably gonna be with the first one to get the call. Sean Payton is also another one to get the call. That Sean Payton thing is going to be tricky, though, because there's going to be draft compensation involved. Remember, he stepped away. He still is under contract with the New Orleans Saints. So you have to ask permission from the New Orleans Saints to even talk to him. The Denver Broncos have already done that. Now, they've given up a lot of their draft equity. So I'm trying to figure out what you have left to give New Orleans to make this go. And by the way, you definitely are going to give up. There's going to be a first rounder at least for Peyton. So as you're looking at that and you're looking at some of the um, some of the vacancies around the NFL, Obviously, the hardball rumor, the hardball rumors from Michigan, are out there. Does Indianapolis give him that job? Is there another, is there another job out there that he's looking at? Who knows? I have no clue. Does anybody want the Arizona Cardinal job? You're going to, what, Kyler got hurt towards the end of the year, so you're not going to see him back in September, I don't think. I would think that would be somewhere in the middle of the season if you got him back. So you have that. Kleiman's gone. He stepped away. He's their GM. So is it a combo? And what does Houston do? Right? What does Houston do? So, Lovey Smith got wind that he was getting fired and then went out and won Week 18's game and also lost to Houston, Texas, the number one overall pick. So, my man said, oh, okay. So, I'm not part of the future. All right. Well, since I'm not part of the future, I'm going to go ahead and win this game real quick. Uh, and, um, yeah, you're not going to get the number one draft pick. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, loose lips sink ships, right? Guess so. Sorry. Thanks. You'll be paying me for the next couple years, right? Oh, okay. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the Houston owner going to the NFL talking about, we want to recoup some of this money? Because Lovey Smith went out there and and won us a game to kick us out the number one pick in the draft. By the way, kudos to the Chicago Bears 
for acquiring, getting the, you know, obtaining the number one pick. Three and 14. They have a really interesting um, decision to make. Do you trade the pick because you traded a second rounder for uh, Claypool to Pittsburgh? By the way, so Pittsburgh basically gets two first round picks, right? Because Miami forfeited a pick, so the last, so the first pick of the second round is usually the 33rd overall pick. This year it's going to be the 32nd. So Pittsburgh ends up basically, it won't say it, but they they end up with two of the top 32 picks in the draft. Not bad. Not bad if you can get it. But if you're Chicago, what do you do? Do you want to recoup that asset like right away? Is Will Anderson too good to pass up? Is Bryce Young too good to pass up? Who makes a swing? Who makes a swing? Who's 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 close enough to make a swing? Indianapolis, are they close enough? I don't know. They got the fourth pick. So you have that. Huh. It'll be interesting to find out what the Chicago Bears do with that number one overall pick. And Houston, oh wow. Can you imagine? You imagine you're sitting there thinking, we got the number one overall pick. This is working out for us. And all of a sudden, David Mills throws that pass. And it's a touchdown. In Indianapolis, that dude made the worst leap ever to try to knock a ball away. It was like two seconds too early. So, yeah, pretty interesting stuff with some of these uh, coaches being fired now that we know what the draft is going to look like as far as it's at the top. We can kind of get start selling in there and start getting you prospects and what have you. But you can you can best believe right now the names that you're going to hear at the top of the draft right as of right now. Now, this is before the combine. This is before we get our, you know, our collective scout hands on them sort of spiel. But Bryce Young, you're going to hear a lot. You're going to hear uh, Will Anderson as well. Um you're going to hear some talk about uh, the quarterback out of Kentucky, Levis. I'm going to have to wait and see on that one. I'm going to have to look at the tape before I'm all in. CJ Stroud might possibly get some love early. So we'll be more and more heavy on draft as we continue this process as we start to dwindle down the playoff teams and get closer and closer to the draft so keep a lookout mondays for that and we should have some sort of draft guide or something down the road maybe not this year maybe next year but the i know for basketball we are we are efforting right now to put one together and have something up on the website 
um, shortly where there's going to be like, it might be trickle out effect where it's like two or three at a time, but we are definitely efforting to get that together for you. Now, a couple of the observations over week 18. One, okay, so Seattle's in. All right, congratulations to Seattle. You beat the mighty Los Angeles Rams, right? Uh, and you, you, you worked your way into a playoff scenario. Congratulations to the Seattle Seahawks. Green Bay is not in. Okay. Man, Green Bay, Wisconsin, and I are going to have just such a long, long relationship, I tell you. But a couple things that's coming out of, uh, of that Green Bay game. One, I want to, this is a couple of comments that Aaron Rodgers said after the game. We lost Devontae. That was a big deal. We did not, we did not fill that void. No one, nobody could. It's Devonte. He's superhuman. Not much really changed around our team except the loss of Devonte. These are quotes by Aaron Rodgers. And this is the same guy who was talking about weapons last year and weapons the year before and maybe also the year before that. Now, first of all, let's give flowers to Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions for going in and handling business, even though they were playing for nothing. As soon as Seattle won that football game, Detroit had nothing to play play for. They were not going to the playoffs. It was wrapped up. The only thing that could happen is Green Bay wins, they're in, or Green Bay loses and Seattle is in. So Detroit went to Green Bay and played that team hard, played with a ton of effort, their offensive execution was better than Green Bay. Jared Goff looked like a better quarterback yesterday than Aaron Rodgers. And it's the it's the old thing with him. You know, it's can can we put enough around Rodgers to allow his brilliance to shine? So he says he's going to take some time to think about what he wants to do, what the organization wants to do. He did say that the competitor fire still burns. And he says he believes he has a lot left in the tank. So Green Bay Packer fans, you're in for another offseason as the Rodgers turns. That's what you're looking forward to. Good luck with that all year. I can't wait to continue to chime in on this. And I just feel sorry for the Packer fans and not the organization because they saw this with their last Hall of Fame quarterback. 
So if there was anybody who was uniquely set up for success in this, it's the team that actually went through it. And they seem to be handling it the same way they did with the Favre situation. So, unfortunately, Packer fan, you will be looking at Twitter around, I don't know, mid-February to early March to see that tweet that Aaron Rodgers is back or not. Sorry that you can't go into the new year and just, you know, hey, hope springs eternal. We'll get them next year. All the cliche things that fans that are not in the playoffs say. Trust me, I'm one of them. The Los Angeles Rams are definitely not going to the playoffs this year. And uh, with that, you know, I I completely am sensitive to the Green Bay Packer fans. Because it's, it's another year this. It's another year. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to probably have to go somewhere, do some ayahuasca, trip out for a couple days, love on everybody, see who the latest hot uh, starlet is in, in, in Hollywood, probably get engaged, do something weird with my hair. Maybe do a guest spot on Jeopardy. Yeah. Another another offseason for the Green Bay Packers where they have no idea what the hell is going on. Sorry about that, guys. Well, getting back to Detroit, two things. One, they have the Rams pick. Congratulations to the Detroit Lions. You have my you have our pick. We suck this year. Um, I don't know if McVeigh is coming back as head coach. I am not understanding if Aaron Donald is coming back because he seems to be tied with McVay. And we still have no indication whether we have seen Matthew Stafford for the last time or not. So we should be in a full-blown rebuild. Thank God this is the last first-round pick that we've doled out. That we don't have to that we don't have to worry about this anymore. So the gift that keeps on giving. So Jared Goff is in Detroit, and he got his team to a team to a place where they were over 500. So congratulations to the Detroit Lions again. Not only did you knock out Green Bay, but you finished above 500, nine and eight, and you still get the sixth overall pick in this upcoming draft. It couldn't have worked better for Detroit. It couldn't have worked better. They had to keep building moving up. You know, if they wanted to do something crazy and say, hey, I have Hutchinson on one side, do I want to go get Will, you know, Will Anderson? They could do something like that. They could really solidify their defense. I think you just keep building, man. You just keep building it. Keep building it out. You know, look at your offensive line. You're going to have to look at your secondary. Back up. Maybe, you know, look at uh, what you want to do at back at running back. 
You know, are you keeping Swift? Are you keeping Williams? More wide receiver help. Amin Ross St. Brown looked awesome this year. Over 100 catches. So a lot to be a lot to be optimistic about in the Motor City Detroit getting it done. Now we'll move on to the Giants <laughs> in Philadelphia. Boy, uh, Jalen Hurts needs that that week off. I know he hadn't played in a couple weeks. I know the shoulder is not 100%, but he... Thank God they have the number one seat. So, there's that. And kudos to, to, to Brian Dayball and the New York Giants getting into the playoffs. And they didn't really have to play. They made it competitive still. You know, a lot of their guys sat out. And you can make a case that Brian Dayball is definitely the, you know, the coach of the year. Just knowing what he had to deal with knowing the the talent situation that was on the roster no offense to those guys but you know if you put their roster up against Kansas City I'm sure you're going to pick Kansas City's roster right but he found a way to win and he found a way for his team to be successful and get them into the playoffs so Brian Dable is is that guy I am so over the moon for the Giants to now be just relevant you know there's some feel good around that team which is great now the one thing I'll ask Giant fans does your old GM get credit for Daniel Jones looking good does he does Gettleman look good because of this season of Daniel Jones or are we giving all the credit to Brian Dable and the new staff that was uh, implemented this season just asking the question I'm not trying to stir the pot at all I'm just asking the question I were I was very critical of Gettleman I had no idea if he knew how to run a you know a draft room and <coughs> and I'll tell you this he's not under contract next year so what do the Giants do they did not sign him they terminated the fifth year option so he's actually in his walk year Some questions to be answered for the New York Giants, but these are questions that I, I would I would have to to if I said, hey, in September to the Giants, hey, um, you're gonna really have to look at that Daniel Jones deal to see if you can bring him back. Probably a lot of people would have laughed. People in that organization probably would have laughed. So that tells you all you need to know about how far we've come to get to this point. So we have a uh, 
the AFC is stacked. We have Kansas City. We have Cincinnati. We have the the Bengals. We are looking at the Chargers. They're in. The Patriots did not make it in. Could have, as soon as Demar Hamlin's eyes opened, I could have told you that was not going to happen for the Patriots. I think the AFC is going to be a lot more entertaining than the NFC. I just think there are the the quarterback balance right now is heavily weighted AFC. Look at all the look at the AFC teams. You got Mahomes. You got Allen. You got Burrow. You got Herbert. You have Lawrence in Jacksonville. You know, so I mean, Lamar Jackson. And I'll get to him in a second because there's an interesting question I want to ask. But if you look at the NFC and you look at the quarterbacks of the NFC, tell me any any I mean Brady name name value. And again, I I will reiterate what I said on last week's pod on this week's pod. Could this be the <coughs> Could this be the situation where Brady had all that off-field turmoil? Divorce. Where where are the kids going to be? All of that. And this is about the time he starts to kind of get his life back to normal. And it's just in time for the playoffs. Or is he is he done? Well, he gets to write that first chapter this week against the Dallas Cowboys. Good luck. Brady gets the Dallas Cowboys at home. They're under 500, but it's Brady. Man, I mean, I can't imagine what this is going to be like for Cowboy fan, for that organization. If it's close in the fourth quarter and Tom Brady's putting on his helmet. Good luck. Good luck, Dallas Cowboys fans. I do not envy you at all. The Rams were in the same position last year. And I was absolutely pulling my hair out. So I do not envy you. This is going to be this should be a game where Dak Prescott goes. I will earn my respect this year. This is it. Let's go ahead and end this legend and be done with it. But we'll see. I'm not confident. Not confident at all. It's not that I'm not saying that I'm going to not pick Dallas. But I just got to 
Mm. I'm gonna have to put out a TikTok or, or, or tweet or something and really hammer this out and get it out to you guys towards the end of the week because right now I have no idea where I'm looking on that situation whatsoever. Then we come to Minnesota. They get the Giants. That's not awesome. Oh, it's a primetime game, right? Not awesome. Kirk Cousin, primetime games. It's, it's, you just don't know. You don't know which Kirk Cousins you're going to get. And that's the scariest thing on the face of the planet. But Minnesota fans will tell you, like, hey, you know, we've been on cruise control for a while. It's time for us to, you know, lock in, you know, all of that. And, hey, more power to you. And then there's Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was the last pick of the draft this last season out of Iowa State. Had a better junior year than senior year, I would say. But his looked so impressive in that Shanahan offense. And this is why that dude continues to have his coaching tree plucked from. Because every time we look up, there's a new quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Whether it's Mullins... Who's another guy that played for them? Obviously, we had Garoppolo. Saw a little Trey Lance this year. And now Purdy, right? And that, they, they just keep winning. 13 and 4. And we have no idea. Because we never seen Purdy struggle this year. Really? So we have no idea what he's going to look like when adversity hits. This is going to be a fascinating NFC. I will tell you my favorite coming out of it. And um, shout out to uh, Christina Gutierrez and... uh, my favorites come out the NFC is the Eagles. They're the most complete team. Sorry. I I don't know what to do with San Francisco. I want to pick them. I do. It is it hates it it eats me up inside as a Ram fan to say I want to pick. The San Francisco 49ers. Because something tells me I should pick them. But if I'm saying that I saw enough of Jalen Hurts and, and I think that that is translatable in the playoffs, that's probably where I'm going. So I picked the Eagles to come out of the NFC. I believe San Francisco will win their first round. Um, 
I believe Minnesota squeaks by the Giants. Or do I? I gotta really think about this. Cause you know one of the underdogs is gonna win this postseason. You know, you know for a fact that one of these underdogs is going to win. You know what? Give me Danny Dimes. I have been I have been on Kirk Cousins forever. I don't believe in him as a quarterback. Now, I might eat my words next week. I'll be more than happy to do so. You do have superior talent all across the board. Minnesota, make no mistake about it. You should win this football game. I don't believe in your quarterback. And I keep testing that theory. I'm getting more right than wrong, but I will tell you this, is that he's going to prove it to me in the playoffs. Because I'm not going to pick them. And then then that leads me to Dallas and Tampa. Give me the legend. Give me Brady. Okay. In that game. So. I think they advance. So with that. Now. What to do. With the Chargers in Jacksonville. I have no clue. I'm leaning Jacksonville. Especially with Mike Williams hurt. Now I might find out last second he plays. But if you if you put and say, hey, I need an answer right now, I will probably lean Jacksonville. Knowing what I know about the injury to Mike Williams, and that is going to be a game time decision, and that is going to be a pain injection shot, and to see how he holds up. And if you don't believe me, that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> All right, so we got that. Then we are looking at a repeat of this last week Cincinnati and Baltimore. This is where I wanted to get to Lamar. I think I said on this, uh, on our first episode, I wonder if Lamar plays for the Ravens ever again. And I'll ask that same question leading into this playoff game. Will Lamar Jackson ever put on a Ravens uniform? Because all I've heard is, oh, sure, he'll be there for the playoffs. I've not heard that from Lamar. I've not heard that from him. And I'll look at my phone. It's 4.02 Pacific Standard Time right now. And I'm telling you, I've not seen anything that says that Lamar Jackson is a full go. So... And everybody is basically that I've talked to, they don't believe he's going to go either. Either way, I was going to take the Bengals anyway. I just think they're a better team. But Baltimore, are you worried? Is this the last game? Is this it? Are the Ravens pivoting away from Lamar Jackson and going to, I guess, I hate to do this. I'm going to put my quotation marks up because I hate it. 
a traditional quarterback? No. I I do think that Lamar might have played his last game with the Ravens, though. I am... I don't have any information, but the tea leaves basically read that right now. And if you're a Ravens fan, how do you feel about your organization letting go of an MVP? I'm just, it's stunning to me how this has played out. And I understand that the Deshaun Watson contract played heavily into this. But I think Baltimore could have took care of this a year ago before the whole Deshaun Watson thing happened. And they didn't. And now they're paying for it. So we'll see how it all goes. And then what's the other playoff game? Who who am I missing? We got, we had Jacksonville. Oh, Buffalo. Buffalo and Miami. Here we go. Okay. Bill's Mafia. I didn't pick you last week. But it was more the point spread than anything else. Oh, that was against Cincinnati. I'm sorry. Losing the train of thought. I'm so lost because of all the DeMar stuff that has happened. Sorry about that. So, uh, yeah, I didn't pick you against Cincinnati. I didn't think that you can win against Cincinnati in Cincinnati um, in that circumstance in that game. Now, we will never know. All the unfortunate things happen. Got great news on Thursday. Continue to get great news. Now, Monday, he's re- DeMar's returning back to bu- Buffalo. Bills Mafia, here's the thing. Your quarterback is awesome. I told you I don't like your running game. Uh, but you're going to beat the Miami Dolphins. That's for sure. And I'm scared of you now because of all the vibes. I think something like this can be incredibly galvanizing. And I think that as we've seen in the past, a team can get hot or a quarterback can get hot. Now, I respect Josh Allen way, way, way more. And so I am not saying that he is Joe Flacco. I'm just taking the Joe Flacco effect. He went on an incredible run in that Super Bowl year. And he was absolutely lights out. This is one of those situations where a team can just be lights out. And I think we're at that point. I'm not, I need to see him this week before I say I'm going to crown him. But, yeah, you're going to take care of the Dolphins. And if Tua plays any portion of that football game, every medical personnel person um, in South Beach and also maybe in all the NFL offices should be fired. But that's hyperbole. Sorry for it, but I don't think Tua should touch the field um, given his 
three concussions in in a real short period of time. Um, and with all of what we've seen over the last week. So I think we got to lean on the side of caution. We have to um, allow this man's um, head injury to heal and see what he's like next year and, and kind of go from there. And before I go, and it being now 4.06 Pacific Standard Time, we will leave you with this. TCU Georgia for the national championship game is coming on very soon. And I'm going to tell you who my pick is. And it's not surprising. It's the Georgia Bulldogs. And if we were talking about the points, TCU, scrappy, hard-nosed football team, got every ounce of their talent. They got everything out of their talent. Georgia comes in waves of talent. (laughs) Okay? Georgia comes in waves of talent that it's impressive. And they're going to win the Natty. They're going to win the national championship. So Georgia wins. Do they cover? If you tell me that Stenson Bannon makes the same mistakes that he made in the peach ball then yeah TCU has a chance to cover I think there's no chance in hell that he has back to back games where he looks awful I think he got a reprieve in that Ohio State game and I think he's going to be locked in and he's going to take full advantage of it so we believe here at RPC Georgia wins the national championship and we think they cover so you take that for what it's worth and with that being said we're going to sign off for today um again we are going to have Nico Miatello on the basketball pod come Friday and then from that point on we should be locked in my man is going through it in Edmonton okay he is going through it but Shouts out to him. We love him. Nico, we'll talk to you soon. And with everybody else, man, have a great week. I'll see you back on this feed on Friday. Peace.